Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have a very special guest. I have the infamous, the oh-so-famous, the one and only, Andrew Lemoyne with me. Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Andrew, what's up? What's up, brother? <laughs> Did you like that? It's a good, decent man. intro, right? It's good, buddy. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I can mess with that. <laughs> you, can, you can get into that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Andrew, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now who uh, kind of don't know who you are, what your background is, um, I always like to kick off these podcasts with a little origin story because, A, I'm always fascinated to find out how people got started in the business. Yeah. So how did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? Well, it was um, it was a fluke. You know, I, I uh, like, like for so many of us, it's such a similar story. So... I was looking for a job in between high school and college, and I got a job uh, washing cars. Okay. Right, 17 years old, washing cars. And uh, within, I think, three months of washing cars, I started selling them. Oh, and, that didn't uh, take long? It did not take long, no. I was cleaning I was cleaning these guys' deliveries. I'm looking at them going, they're, they're not doing anything I can't do. In fact, I can do it better. And so I closed the dealer principal on giving me an opportunity to sell cars. And, um, and he said no at first actually told me, come back when you, when you're old enough to buy me beer and I'll give you a shot. And, um, anyways, I ended up taking it up later that day and selling my first car. So fell in love with the business right away and there was no looking back. Yeah. Yeah. So did a lot of retail, uh, you know, about a decade of retail before I left retail and then got into tech. So for those of you that, that don't know me, my name is Andrew Lemoyne. I'm the CEO and founder of AutoCorp.ai. And so we're reinventing auto finance. You do a full stop. Yeah. So we're, look, we're here in downtown Las Vegas. All right. Uh, being two Canadian boys, we're enjoying the, hey. uh, the weather here, right? Hey. Eh? Uh, <laughs> now, hold on. Like when I landed, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought the plane fucked up and... We were still in Canada. It was cold. Yeah. It was cold. Not today, though. No. I mean, it looks like it is sunny and uh, out, yeah. it is a good 74 degrees. Yeah. Yes, I can flip back and forth between Fahrenheit and Celsius pretty quick. Um, <laughs> well, you are, the, you are the dual citizen, my man. That's right. Um, but hey, we're at NADA and there's just a lot of cool stuff. I mean, look, first thing first, it is great to be back, is oh, it not? So good, man. So right? Like two years. There's something to this. Like, no, I can touch you, brother. I, I can know. touch you. You're not on my we're, screen. We're not wearing a mask. Is no. that not weird? Okay, every single time I go to grab that door and I want to enter in, I almost try to like go to my back pocket. And I'm looking. For, oh wait, I don't need that. Yeah, anymore. yeah. It's, it's a, it, it feels like we're just like normal people. It's, it's you know, it's actually looking each other in the face. It's 2019. It's we amazing. landed in 2019. It's amazing. Yeah, that's good. But you know what? I think the last 24 months has obviously done some pretty amazing things to the industry. Absolutely. Uh, from an operations perspective, from a marketing perspective, from a financing perspective, and I think we're seen kind of that really kind of shine here at NADA, you know, especially in the, in, in where the new companies are. Like, I love the fact they have one section where it's just all dedicated to like up and coming or newcomers and stuff like that. Yeah. Because there is some cool stuff going on over there, but I'd love to kind of hear from you. What's caught your eye? What's getting you excited? Well, we were talking about this before we started recording, but it's, it is cool because you can go around and see all these new companies and businesses that actually got started during the pandemic. Yep. And there's been so many startups I talked to and I was like, hey, you know, when did you guys incorporate? Like, when did you get started? 2020, 2020, 2020. Like every, uh, you know, everyone I'm talking to is 2020. And so, um, because what happened is so many, so many of the problems our industry is facing really got brought to the surface 
during the pandemic. Yep. And so, um, oh, there's hey, look, there's been some of us that have been talking about these things for a while. Um, they they just weren't as prominent. They weren't as urgent. They were easier to ignore. You didn't really have to. There was progressive dealers that did, but you didn't really have to focus on it kind of pre. Um, again, those that did, uh, you know, were, were kind of ahead of the game and were winning, but a lot didn't. And then what happened was, okay, I got to focus on this. Like, yeah. like I got to, I have to pay attention to our digital strategy. I have to pay attention to, you know, how, uh, are, are we virtually retailing cars? You know, what does that process in the store look like? And, um, and so a lot of the problems got brought to the surface and so it created a lot of opportunity. And that's yeah. what we're seeing today. We're seeing so many problem solvers. Yes, a lot of problem solvers. But what I think is cool is that they're solving real problems, not just generating a problem so they can solve the problem. Yeah, right. Right? Like yeah. these are actual legitimate problems. And you know, the, the thing I love about all of the new companies that I've interacted with so far is that they're all data driven. Yeah. Right. It's yep. it, it's not a, a, a wish I could, thought I could, maybe I could. Yeah. You know, it is. There's some data element to almost every single company that I've talked to, and they're uh -huh. making intelligent decisions. Hundred percent. Like data is king. Using proper insights and BI to make the decisions, uh, data-driven decisions, is what you have to do. Look at AutoCorp, Jason. We could have we could have launched our product and in our company a year before we did, mm -hmm. if we wanted to just try to do the clickbait, dataless thing sure. and and we didn't you know we, we stuck through it and uh, you know we're partners with Equifax and that uh, that leverage of the data and the and the software ability with the credit was really really important to us and, and again we had opportunities to, to, to release kind of our products way sooner with a lot less data and the value prop just wasn't there for me it's not, it wasn't something that I could get behind and really put passion in, and feel good about you know selling to dealers so you, you nailed it like you know data is uh, data is king well, and, and the cool thing is, um, I'll t the data, let's call it IQ, of dealers this year yeah. is strong. It is. Like the, f the data force is strong in these ones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. getting geeky. Um, but, but no, it is. Like, I mean, they're coming in with great questions. Yeah. All right. Um, the dealers I'm seeing at the show are very much like, they got a grocery, they got a grocery list. Yeah. All right. They're not here to shop. Yeah. All right. They're like, I'm getting my eggs. I'm getting my milk. I'm getting my cereal. I'm going there. I'm going there and I'm going there. And, and, but the questions that are being asked are data driven questions. Yeah. Like, how do you guys do this? Yeah. How do, you know, how do you attribute that model? Yeah. Right. How do you calculate that? Like in, I gotta be honest with you, five years ago, I didn't hear very, I heard very few of those types of questions. You know, that's a really good observation. Like even like, so we brought our, so we actually brought our CTO and, and, and our lead developer with us, which is so important because I find too many companies leave the dev brains behind the scenes yeah. and they don't bring them out. So it's, we, we, we tend to always bring our sales and our marketing people to these shows. Yep. Gotta get your product people in. Because like our CTO, it, like yeah. like Josh, more CTOs and more developers kind of got the show. And I've ever Josh, seen. He's walking around with a full notebook, yeah. right? And so, and um, and 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 kind of to to go on what you were just saying, he's had some really intelligent conversations with dealers. Dealers are asking really in depth questions now that you just didn't hear two three years ago no. around technologies and tech stacks and product development. And so yeah, it's it's cool as a whole industry. You can just feel and see and hear the evolution. Yes. And it's not just necessarily how we're how each person's using the data, but also how that data is being shared among the rest of their vendor stew. Yeah, I call it the vendor stew. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, because you have a bit of this and a dash of that, and a little core of this, and yeah. you know, yeah. and it's supposed to taste good. Um, but but yeah, it's they're looking for that. 
Yeah. Right. They're, they're, they don't. It seems like they're getting very kind of tired of having these isolated systems. Yeah. That don't communicate and cross share data back and forth. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have like, you know, you have some new companies are coming out like Techion who's completely agnostic. Sure. And says, I'm going to literally work with anybody and everybody. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you start seeing some of these other dinosaurs really start to follow suit. Oh, crap. Oh, I better get on that bandwagon too. Yeah. All right. We have better. But it's good. Like, we, we need that. So, yes. like, Techion, for example, great example. Like companies like that that splash on the scene overnight, they wake everyone up. Yeah. And so the only people that are going to win when more and more new companies like that come out are the dealers, yes, right? So it's it's good. We 100%. need that. Yeah, we need that. But I, you know, I still think they're um, look. We're seeing some really cool progressive dealers. All right, but there's still a good chunk of dealers out there that are not discussing data system strategies yeah you know like it's i'm not saying they're still looking for the quick fix maybe some of them are you know there's still a fair amount of them looking for the easy button and i, I don't know if it's a mindset issue or if it's a complacency issue what do you think look i think that um i think that there's a lot of hurdles that they're also experiencing during this and so obviously the, the biggest one being inventory and yep. so what our sales team run, runs into, I think the biggest objection that we get right now is obviously inventory. So even if they're viewing, you know, our technology saying, oh, wow, like this thing will actually generate us the most, you know, qualified, verified credit app that our stores ever got online. Uh, you know, you guys have an, an excellent conversion ratio. Our dealers are kind of experiencing between a 15 and a 20% conversion. Um, here's the problem, Andrew. We don't have any cars to sell. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and so, but what they're doing is they're kind of putting off their digital strategy for when their inventory is replenished, when we're saying, no, there's no better time than right now. Yes. Because because you have time to focus on other things and prepare for the storm, because we all know what's coming. Yes. Right? And so, um, they, look, they've just gone through some of their most profitable years, despite the inventory crunch. Yep. Um, and it's going to be followed up by, uh, you know, by, I think, another couple of really, really good years. New car sales are going to be off the chart. New car sales are going to be off the chart. Um, but we were talking a little bit about this before we go online because I was telling you about that post I put out there. Yeah, it's like there you are controversial some controversial guy. Yeah. Oh, I know, right? Jason Harris always pushing the uh, pushing the thread. Uh, you know what though? But their conversations need to be had. Mm -hmm. You know, like I remember one I did the year before where I talked about how like I, I said the used car manager is the most useless position inside of a dealership. I remember that one. Actually. Um, but but you had to go a little deeper into kind of what bit. the context was, right? Um, but you know, this one was all about price gouging. Right. And, you know, I mean, yes, I think we're, we're definitely coming into a, an amazing storm of sales. Yep. You know, it's going to be a great, it's just, just everything's just going to kind of collide exactly at the right moment. Um, but I, I think right now there are just so many bad practices. It makes me really worried. Well, look, we can't be short-sighted and we're seeing some short-sighted dealers out there with the price gouging. I mean, there's an opportunity, there's cash on the table, like there's cash on the dash and it's hard to not want to take it all off. But we know that in our industry, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. And we've faced this before. We've been here before. Okay, we, we face this daily in our F&I offices. That's true. Okay. It's, it's true. This is not a new thing. This is not a new thing where you need to do the ethical and the moral check and ask yourselves, are you there to actually build and win a customer for life? Or are you there to make this most money as you can off that customer that day? Um, and you know, obviously, any dealer with a long-term strategy and uh, and that cares about their their CSI, it, you know, is not is not is going to be careful. Now, 
we also were talking about that it's it's kind of a whirlwind for the consumer right now because it's more than even just new cars are selling for over list. So they're selling for over list, but what's going on is to sell it over list, you got to RDR the thing. Yes. And so now it's actually a pre-owned. So you're buying it with 200 kilometers, 200 miles, yep. or, or you know, 100 miles, and um, and now you've also just pulled the captive yes. rates from the client. And so not only am I charging the customer over MSRP, exactly. but I'm not able to offer my subvented captive rates. They lost, you know, the zero percent or the zero point nine financing. They lost the ability to lease. You know, look, I just went through it. I tried to. Um, I was just looking. Uh, I was looking at a. Uh, I was looking at a Shelby, yep. and then I, and then I was looking at a mock, and um, and the mock actually leases out really well with Ford Credit. Yeah. And they're like, and the mock's brand new. It's in the showroom. It's yep. brand new. There's no there's no mileage on it, right? Like it's used. See? You know, and I said, it's, but it's just, not. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I mean, but 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 guys, but guys, it's 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 a it's price demand and supply, supply yeah. and demand, supply and demand. Like ah, oh, come off it. Just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should. I mean, look, that customer is going to come back three, four years from now. Yeah. All right. They did not have subvented rates. They paid ten, fifteen thousand dollars over list. They also probably bought another four, five thousand dollars worth of stuff in the in in the F and I office. And these guys are going to be $35,000 upside down. 100%. There's not a finance company in the world that's going to want to touch that paper. Yeah. No, you know? 100%. Like, oh, but it's the customer's choice. They decided to do it. Okay, fine. They decided to do it. But you think they're going to remember that now, in look, three to four years? There's also something to be said, though, okay, you know, like with my dealer hat on, is that I'm not going to sell you a new car, the cust- my customer, so he could or she could go flip it on a classified site tomorrow and make the 15K. And so what we're starting to see is some mutual agreements between dealers and consumers. And I think that that's a more realistic and fair approach. They shouldn't be able to, like for example, in Canada, right? One of the biggest things that we have to be uh, conscious of is an immediate export. Sure. And so look, I'm gonna sell you one of my only F-150 Lariats, okay? And, um, but you can't go flip the thing and export it tomorrow (laughs) because I couldn't. Yep. Right. And so there has to be kind of a, uh, I think a mutually beneficial agreement between the dealers and the consumers to, 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 to build that relationship. Now, um, there's never been a better time to do that. Retention is never going to be higher. Pull ahead, uh, trade in and trade ups are, has never been better. Right. Oh, so trade in and trade ups. Yeah. So here's, here's a little, you know, sometimes I get caught up in words, right? Yeah. I don't know why. Sometimes there'll be a word that just gets caught up in my head and I can't get it out of my head. I've decided I, I hate the word trade up. I hate the word trade in. I hate it. Okay. I hate it. Right? Because, like, why? Well, A, because I hear salespeople utilize the language. I hear BDRs utilize the language. And then okay. our damn websites even have a form that says trade in. Right. Well, as a consumer, why the hell are you assuming I want to trade in the vehicle? Like, what? That just sounds so bad, right? Like, okay, so you're, you're kind of implying, like, I intend to purchase something from you. But it, in reality, just. Be the source of information. Can I not just simply ask a question? What's the car worth right now? You know, I can ask the question of what's the financing rate and you'll answer it. Oh, I get what you're saying. So you're saying, you're just actually saying that the action point doesn't need to be framed as... I think it's a bad word. Are you are you trading it? Are you trading it in? Yeah, curious what the vehicle's worth. So what what would yeah? So you you would you I would suggest be, something like yeah? I want to be the source of that information. Hey, let me get you a, a complimentary exactly. appraisal or complimentary, complimentary don't even like, valuation. Don't even like appraisal, right? Don't even like appraisal. Like, so like, 
all it is, the customer is just simply curious what their vehicle's worth right now. They've been hearing words and conversation around how used car prices are hyperinflated and so on and so forth. And like, maybe I'm just curious. Yeah. I'm just curious right now, can someone not just feed my curiosity? And then if my curiosity peaks legitimate interest, who do you think I want to go to? Right. The person who fulfilled my curiosity. Yeah. You know, but it's just the language is just like even at the sales desk level, right? Like, uh, so let's talk about your trade and why are you assuming I'm trading something in? You know, like it's just like, how about we talk about how you're going to buy my car from me? Right. You know? Yeah, but you know, you also have to be conscious that the, the worst thing that happens is when the trade gets brought in, when the deal's already done. And so as a dealer, you want to you want to discover up front if there is a trade. Oh, the deal's been done. The deal's been done. I'll buy the car from you. I don't give a crap if you... I mean, look, does anybody really give a crap if they buy a car from me, right? Like, I'm going to buy whatever I can buy right now. Yeah. All right? You yeah. want to sell it to me before you buy a car from me? You want to sell it to me after you buy a car from me? I don't give a crap. I'm still buying. Right. You know, everybody's in a buying mode. Yeah. Like, like this, you know, no one's in a trade-in mode. You know, hey, because I don't even have the bloody inventory to trade in in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, here's the other thing too. It's like, let's just put the paper together. Just put the bloody thing on paper. I find the most proactive dealerships out there right now are are looking at six to nine months out, not not thirty to sixty days out. Sure. Right. Like they they already know from a revenue perspective what they're going to make nine months from now. All right, based on the paper that they put together. Yeah. You know, here's another language one I've talked about this a few times, but it just blows my mind. Um, like the word order. I hate the word order. Like You actually start seeing this a lot right now in the manufacturers and a couple progressive dealers. They start using the word reservation. Yeah. What's cool about a reservation? There's flexibility. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I got to move something around. I'll move something around a little bit. Right? Sure. Right? Right? Just just put me on paper. Yeah. Take my reservation. When we get a little closer, okay, let's let's finish that build out. Yeah. Let's decide then. You know, I just I just did my F-150, right? So yeah. the Lightning. Yeah. So I did my reservation what? When did you do yours? November? When did you do yours? You know, I just did it a few weeks ago. I did it eight months ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, well, I did the reservation eight months ago, but I just did the build out a few few weeks ago. Oh. So they okay. called me up. They called me up. They go, hey, Jay, it's time. I got to call my dealer. I haven't got that call yet. Ah, uh, see, isn't that crazy? Yeah. You should have. You, actually, I think it has to happen by the end of the month, to be honest what? with you. You better call your dealer. Pause the podcast. I got I got to send a message. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because um, did you see the loaded one at the show? It's sick. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. But I'm not going to get the Platinum. I'm going to get the XLT. But I had that conversation with them. Yeah. Right? They're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. And then I thought it was super crowded. You know what the dealership asked me? They're like, all right, um, so this is how much time it's going to take. All right, this is what we need to just lock in the vehicle. And I said, that's cool. Um, they're like, well, what about you know any vehicles? Are you possibly want to trade something in? Do we need to buy something? Like, what's what's the scenario? I said, well, yeah, but I mean, like, what are you going to give it to me now versus what are you going to give it to me then? Well, you know what? Here's what we can do. We can give you a price right now, but we'll charge you another $2,500, all right, to lock in the trading value today. I said, excuse me? So if I, so $2,500 to lock in my order, mm-hmm. another $2,500, all right, to lock in my trading value. I was like, absolutely, here you go. <laughs> No. Yeah. And I, I thought that was smart because really to your point, right? How many of these people are putting in reservations just hoping they're just gonna flip the thing when the thing actually comes in? Right. Right. So now they they got me locked in, they got five grand of my money. Yeah. Right. In my head, they're already taking my vehicle. It's all been done. Yeah. You don't gotta worry about the market shifting or changing. No. Yeah, there's probably an insurance play there too. That's actually a neat Yeah, that's like a neat uh a neat policy, like a like a future um a future trade voucher ins- insurance. That's the product we should yeah. There we go. That'll be yeah. that'll be the next one, man. That'll be, that'll be the next one. So talking about auto tech, I'm sitting here and we're doing a podcast and I'm just making sure she's okay. Uh, because we're here in Vegas yeah. and then I got pinged from my Ford K 
Connect app on my Apple Watch that there was just a collision fault. Doesn't mean there was a collision, but there was a fault. Okay. Because back home, I think we got hit with like 15 centimeters of snow. So my wife's driving my truck, and I'm just making sure that she just didn't get in a collision. But um, but it's probably just the sensors are blocked from snow, right? Because that's why it's oh, just yeah, it's yeah, just yes, it's just a sensor yes. fault. Yes. We're just talking about technology, right? Like look at that. Like here here we are in Vegas. I just got pinged that my truck back in Ottawa has a sensor fault on my watch, and then I'm texting my wife, who's probably receiving it through CarPlay in the uh, in the truck. So yeah, it's cool. But you know, I, I love that. And look, I, I the connectivity connectivity portion, right? Yeah. Like what OEMs are able to do now with the connectivity of it. You know, I think there's a lot that dealers can learn yeah. from that model. Yeah. Right. Like when I think of like a dealer to consumer connectivity, right? Like we don't really have one. Right. You know, right. it's just like we try to pick it up from time to time, but we don't necessarily have this this immediate connectivity uh, uh, place, right? Yeah. You know, but I, I do see some new systems, new some new platforms out there, you know, matter of being one of the ones that we're working with, where it's just like, no, it's like you can connect anytime, anywhere, at any moment. Yeah, I like what you, know? you guys are doing at Matador. Ma- Matador is, uh, yeah, really, really cool. Like, conversational commerce is where yeah, it's Yeah, and there's some great companies out there that are doing it. Uh, yeah. Not a whole lot, but I feel like there's a good dozen, but, but I'm gonna we're going to start seeing a lot more of that. Yeah. Where it's, it's look, yes, it's, it's conversational commerce, but then it's also after the commerce. Right. It's like I got. It's like having you know. It's like kind of like kicking old school. You know when you had your you know your guy, your car guy. Yeah. You know, you, you know you're just like you know the one guy you can call and just like sure. hey, there's any of this you know. Yeah. Um. You know now it's just a, it's a simple tax. Right. Right. And it's just anybody at the dealership can be available at any given moment to answer any type of question or concern that that's there. And it's just like this is just one quick safe place with immediate meaningful con- connection. Yeah. To my dealer. Yeah. You know, I was about 15 years ago, live chat came out, right? Yeah. I thought we had it then. I thought we had it. I was like, yes, I'm so stoked, All right? Like someone can literally be on my website, click a button, immediate connection with my team. Yeah. They're gonna have meaningful conversations, all right? By the time they come in to either service their vehicle or sell their vehicle, we're gonna shorten that time span really, really fast. And then in industry, what did we do? We screwed it up. We turn it into a damn lead generation product. Sure. You know, like yeah. the, the, the intent of all, you know, we're the only vertical that does that, by the way. If you look at every other vertical that utilizes, utilizes live chat, it is either designed to support and assist the consumer in whatever they're looking for, either through the purchasing journey or on the support side of the Yeah, um, inform it. them. Like, what are they, what are, just inform them with what they're, what, what information are you looking for? We're the only How ones, we're the only ones that took that tech and decided to turn it into a lead generation with the intent of getting your first name, last name, email address, phone number, blood type, shoe size, and firstborn. Sure. Just so I can send you a uh, automated templated email saying thank you for your inquiry yeah and then and then I may not hear from anybody <laughs> no for sure for sure and there was an obsession about you're right we cannibalized the whole thing it got butchered because yeah, then what happened with live chat is there became this industry obsession around response time yes and then it was like gaming the response time became a thing and then we automated it and then we defeat the whole fucking purpose. Are we supposed to swear on this, by the way? No, it's not automotive. Are you kidding me? Okay. Four guys... letter words and three letter acronyms is what literally <laughs> makes up the automotive. But we butchered it because <laughs> it, all be- it, it all became about response time. And then we automated the response time. And then it was like, you got to get back to them in under 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 12 minutes, 8 yeah. minutes, 7 minutes, says this stat. And there's all these made up KPIs uh, that were getting thrown at us. And you're right. And then it, it just turned into like an automated... 
we you know, we lost it. We, we had an opportunity. It. We had it was an there. And it was there. It was there. Then we lost it. And now I'm beginning to see it kind of come back again. Yeah. And I just I just pray that we don't lose it again. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like I just I just hope that the entire dealer body doesn't look at this as a lead generation opportunity, but an actual opportunity to meaningful to have meaningful connections, not only before the purchase, but during the purchase, but way after the purchase. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think that like dealers really need to audit what their kind of internal operations look like to, to manage those conversations today yeah. because it's one thing like a lot of them are like oh it's like an app on the salesperson's phone in the showroom or at home um and then if, if that salesperson's busy or they're working the floor and their showroom ups walking in like who's actually really responding sure. you know and, and so you know some of the most powerful dealers we see with the best conversions the best consumer engagements yeah. Um, they've they've really invested in that um, in that BDC center. One hundred percent. You know, one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I even think even the BDC, like the, like so, there was a, another company. And I won't say names, but um, they're a large lead generation company. Okay, just put this interesting stat out that I saw while we were at the show here, is that over forty percent of the leads are coming in are on sold units. Interesting. Because inventory's not coming off. It's I was just going to say that. What about the syndication fee? Why are the so, units still up? Well, that's, that's how fast things are moving. Mm. Right? Yeah. It's like just consumers are moving that fast. Yeah. You know, especially on something that's maybe slightly rare. You right, know, right. who knows? Maybe it's like a, a, a Lariat, you know, 302 build out or something like that. You know, and it's like, oh, geez, almighty, that's actually available. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then there's 17 leads that come in on it on a single day. Yeah. And the cars are sold the next day anyways. But it takes that. It's a, 40% of leads coming in are coming in. Are coming in and the cars are already sold even on the used car side it's just it's just that's the kind of speed depending on your dms and how i'm how often like, just because a car sold doesn't necessarily mean it's get delivered right. especially in canada you have that kind of two three day period that you're not taking it off your system because you're still working through financing and getting documentation or whatever it is so there's just this large chunk of leads that are just sitting there and here's pretty much i mean look bc or the salesperson uh hey mr harris yes thank you for your inquiry it's sold yeah and that's where it ends. I could, you're right. And so, and so based on that, 40, yeah, it is 40% of them aren't even getting, uh, aren't even getting nurtured or, or, or followed up with properly. You're right. 100%. And actually I just went through that. Like I, like we, we've been buying trucks and stuff through this pandemic, buying my wife a new SUV and, and it was, it was the same thing. It was a whole bunch of, Hey man, sorry, it's sold. Yeah. Hey dude, that's sold. No, that tile was no longer available. Thanks. And that was it. It was like, that was the end of the conversation. I've never heard from these dealers again. Uh, that was it. Nobody actually took the time to, uh, you know, even try to, I don't even think any of them got me on the phone. No. I don't think any of them. And then, then I just, I threw in the towel and I went to the, my local dealer and we just put in a factory order. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. But the no, no follow up and say, Hey, yeah, that one's not available, but look, I do have a couple of their deals coming in. Those trades are going to be in in a few weeks. That might actually fit, you know, it, it's, it's not a Tahoe, but it's a suburban. Right. All right. You know, would you be interested in doing that? Right. Instead of this, you know, but there's just no conversation around it right now. It is just, so it's strategy, mm-hmm. right? And you're going back to the processes, right? Like there's some amazing, in, you know, conversational commerce tech and, and, and uh, a technology out there, but look, a tool is only as good as how well we use it. Right. So if we're not defining the processes before, before we, like, you can't lean on the tech. Right. You got to define the process and then work backwards to the tech so the tech can actually support the process. Yeah. But we just kind of seem to be forgetting that. Yeah. Or I don't, no, no, don't get me wrong. There are some progressive dealers out there that that do not do this. They actually do a great job of maintaining not only what's coming in through trades, but what's coming so everybody's aware. But also, you know, what maybe they've given appraisals on but didn't able to buy. Right. You know, like, yeah. 
it, it, all, it all goes back to data, Jason. This is what we said at, the, at when we first started chatting. Like data-driven processes. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I cannot agree more. And look, like what we're we're focused on at AutoCorp is really enabling dealers with the technology. So we're really focused on credit. You know, we consider ourselves a fintech company. Mm -hmm. We're really focused on the uh, on that financial digitizing that financial and credit journey sure. to enable um, virtual retailing. And so, and there's a difference between virtual retailing and digital retailing because we, you know, we don't really believe that we're there as an industry for full, full DR yet. Like it, if you just look at the amount of cars that are still are actually sold, yeah. um, you know, in a full DR uh, environment, it's extremely low. Uh, but dealers, I actually think the reason it's extremely low is because not enough dealers are actually doing it. Well, I think that I think that the tech is still lacking too. I think that I think that a, uh, like a true actual checkout. Um, it, it, like that actually mirrors the real process. What really goes on when a customer buys a car outside of a digital environment, that real um, talk to the salesperson, negotiate a price, uh, get your trade in appraised, negotiate your trade. Um, that is not properly happening in a digital environment yet. And so I think true checkout bills a sell. We're, we're, we're not there. We're damn close. Yes. But we're not we're not quite there yet, you know. Um, you know, penny uh, you know penny precise payments are really just starting to come out. You got to really tailor, you got to tailor the offers to that customer's unique credit and the asset and the rates and programs available, not these generic defaults. And so, it's um, but we're getting there. We we are really really getting there. And so we're focused on giving dealers the ability to virtually sell, and virtually interact with that consumer from their house, from their home office, um, and virtually sell the car and then you know arrange either an in-store pickup delivery or a home delivery yes. but there's still a human there's like there's still the need for the uh, uh for the human interaction like that's like still the way we sell cars man oh, in 2022 sure. and so it's you know you, you hear some people talking like that's not they're outside of reality like they're 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 saying one thing but you go talk to any dealer like no like that's not how we sell cars that's not that's how we, how we and we're sold out by the way and, right we're, and 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 that's not how we sold them so but it's an exciting time to see what's going on there's so much there's there, there's so much there like, i know we're getting towards the tail end of our time because we're getting we're pulling up here soon but i still think there's a lot that needs to happen within the conversation. We probably could easily go another hour on sure. this. Uh, but for everybody out there that's watching and listening and maybe would like to connect with you, maybe continue some of these conversations. Yeah. What's the best way to connect with you? I say LinkedIn. You know, look me up, Andrew Lemoyne on LinkedIn. Um, I, uh, I tr here's another thing, LinkedIn. I'll tell you what happened to LinkedIn. My, LinkedIn used to be so clean for me. It used to be, my inbox was super clean. Yeah. It was all meaningful connections, mostly auto, uh, auto industry. It's became a junk dump, dumping ground. I don't know about you. I get spammed so much. So I do my best to get back uh, get back to anybody that reaches out, but I have to filter through a bunch of garbage. But I would say uh, I would say LinkedIn for sure. Anybody could send me an email anytime, Andrew at autocorp.ai. But yeah, I would love to um, love to connect with any of you and, and continue this conversation. Like I said, um, yeah, awesome. love that, man. Hey. I'd love to connect with Maddor. So what I would like to do right here right now on the podcast is just close up this partnership <laughs> so so uh so because i'd like i'd like autocorp and matador to partner i think it makes a whole lot of sense i think that i think that uh folks need to be able to access the real-time credit information in that chat environment does that not yep. make sense 100%. okay so that's something we can we're do. doing this we're doing okay this. we're doing it that's a handshake you saw that autocorp matador now partnered 
He's not getting out of this one. No, thanks yeah, for doing yeah. that, by the way. <laughs> smooth, smooth move. Um, <laughs> All right, man. Hey, thanks again. That was a lot of fun. It's always fun with you, brother. Thanks, Jason. Cool, man. Boom. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.